Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Everybody, welcome back to Elder Scrolls Off the Record for episode number four zero. For those of you who do not know your numbers, that is forty. I am Joe the Widget Wilson, and joining me as always is the man who is taking on Lou's persona of can't figure out what character he wants to play. Eve Arwin. Joe, happy fortieth episode! Yay! Yay! We this made is the, the point where. We uh, start dating uh, college girl podcasts and start taking uh, other podcasting uh, programs on our computer out for a spin. It's the uh, <clears throat> it's the Elder Scrolls off the record midlife crisis. Indeed. Uh, hi, chat room. <laughs> glad to see everyone in the chat room today, and glad to be here. And joining us as always is the Lewing lore master himself, Louis Olan. Hello, Joe. Hello, Ivarwin. Hello, everyone in the chat room. Happy 40th Elder Scrolls off the record to everyone. The big four oh. Oh yeah. Big Look 40. And joining us, as always, is the man who can literally fly like a helicopter, thanks to his pigtails, David Deanforce Adams. Actually, I'd like to say that I can no longer do that because to uh, I live too close to an airfield and I don't oh, have registration. Right, right. Uh, yeah. problems. Technicalities. Yeah. Well, you know, it was it was all fun and games until they brought out the uh, the jets flying behind me trying to shoot me down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They have them in your area because those highways around there, the speed limit's enforced by aircraft, so I know they're... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> all right, we have some ads to get into. Ivarwin, would you take care of those for us? Yes, as always, Joe, this show of Elder Scrolls Off the Record is brought to you in part by TweetAudio.com. TweetAudio.com, guys, the amazing, amazing earbuds that come out of this company is, you heard it, it's amazing. Yes, they come in four styles, six colors. There's an optional microphone. They're designed for great sound clarity, engineered for durability, noise reduction design. It'll fit on any MP3 player you have, including your iPhone, your Android device. Doesn't matter. It's all there. Lifetime warranty. They're extremely durable, but if they break, all you gotta do is call them up. I tweaked audio. Yes? Yeah, they broke. Oh, new ones for free, because you have lifetime warranty. Awesome. Indeed. If you use the code off the record, you get 30% off and free shipping worldwide at tweakedaudio.com. Check them out, guys. Amazing earbuds. Better quality than anything out on the market today. Tweakedaudio.com. So uh, if this 
If that didn't tell you something, Ivarwin has had too much caffeine today. I'm literally holding a cup of coffee in my hand right now. It's really good. I'm still Three sugars, one cream all day today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> coffee. Nectar of life. <laughs> We're going to do it, I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. We have actually the meat and potatoes and apparently some coffee, too. Yay! Yeah, is that, is that a meal right there? It's enough to kill anybody. <laughs> Alright, so... We have some play time to get into. And I... Let me see. Any, mini, mini, mo. Touch a Dave by his toe. Oh, just go first. Come on. Oh, I want to do it. No, I want to talk about what I did this week. It's Joe's turn! <laughs> <laughs> never lets me go first. David, it's okay. You can go first. Yes! Ha! Take that, Darwin. <laughs> 40 episodes in, and I finally got the pole position. Let me take this one. Hang on. <laughs> I just want to sit here for a second and just breathe this in, just to how awesome it is. It is kind of mediocre. All right, let's get into the, what I did this week. I actually, um, as I said last week, remember, I, I, I was uh, working on the Thieves Guild quest chain. So the first thing I did was I was right ready to fight the... Uh, the guys at the honey uh, manufacturers, <laughs> the, the where I have to set the three um, hives on fire. Oh, and I found honey out. Yes. The one where no. only I can apparently do it without killing everybody in sight? Yeah, that one. Right. And guess what? I killed everybody in sight. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> but I found something out. The um, exploding bolts... Of uh, for your your crossbow, do not set those on fire. I was trying that out to see if they would, and they would not set the honeycombs on fire. But when I did get to the end of the honeycomb uh, mission, where the at the the yeah, it's driving me nuts. That's a beehive. Beehive. Thank honeycomb's you. Honeycombs a little part of it. Thank you. It's like someone um, calling a computer a CPU. It drives me insane. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joe. It's really um, is their bee condo. They're bee condo. They were, no, they're not beehives because those are like bee houses. Like like bee, they're awesome. Anyway, um, I I get inside to the place. I actually I do the quest, but I get to the very end of it, and I've noticed something that I've never noticed before on any playthrough. There's this little statue of a queen bee sitting next to the dude's bed at the very end of this quest chain. Have you ever gotten that one before? The uh-uh. Queen Bee? Yes, yes, it's this little statue right next to the, the very end of that one, right where you're about to pickpocket the dude and get the key. Uh, mm-hmm. he, right, He's like in his bedroom cowering. Next to his bed on the nightstand is a Queen Bee that you, you can pick up. And later on, when you get back to turn the quest in, in the uh, right next to the thieves guild in that bar, you can go in. There's a dude sitting at the table with a big feast in front of him, which is ironic, seeing as how every time you walk past him, he complains about you not doing work for him. <laughs> this dude, um, you can sell him that queen bee, and yeah. he, he he takes it for like seven hundred gold. I was like, oh, that's awesome! Is it the gold one? It's like the, a gold paperweight. It's like a paperweight. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've yeah, I, I think I snagged that up. 
Yeah, well, that's where you turn it in. You turn it into him. He buys it off you. Now, I bring this up for a reason. I go to the next quest where you have to poison the rats in the the meadery. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, first off, I'd like to say that there's a the dude downstairs killed me for like an hour on end. I eventually like snuck up to him using an illusion spell and just like stabbed him in the back of the face. But that dude like really got on my nerves. But so I, I eventually did kill that dude. I poisoned the rats. I finally get upstairs and the dude tells you, I need you to go upstairs to get the bill of sale for the metery. So I went upstairs and I noticed something else. There was another weird item, a decanter, which if you don't know what a decanter is, it's just like a, you know, a, a, a pot, like or not a pot, a, 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 a fancy beer bottle. <laughs> and I picked up the decanter and it's the same thing as that, that honeybee that you could turn in and, um, another for, Again, at the bar, right by the right by the 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 thieves guild, and the dude bought it off me for another seven hundred gold. Wow! I was like, "This is awesome!" I in in like this one playthrough, doing absolutely nothing, I got uh, fourteen hundred gold out of just this one guy. That was awesome. So, other than that, I've been like just playing on my character. I haven't actually done any other quests except those two, and completed them this week. That's all I did this week. Other than um, I've been playing with, as I said, illusion spells. I've been trying to get that up, because there's uh, one thing in illusion that lets you a a perk in illusion that lets you cast spells silently. Okay. Am I right on that one? Joe would probably know. How high up the tree is that? Oh, it's pretty high. It's like 50 in. I was actually the one that was muted this time. Lovely. Uh, yeah, <laughs> actually. Yeah, you... Do you know if that's in the... The illusion tree? The illusion tree, Joe? I, think uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah, okay. So I am doing... Because I'd be red in the face if I ended up playing that much on illusion just to find out it's not in that tree. It really is. It's like... The the thing I'm thinking of is silent casting, and it, it's like halfway up the tree. It's like 50 in, so it takes a while to even get it. But I really want that because I want to go back to using my summoned bow, and it really really annoys me when I summon a my my bow and people hear me, and you know while I'm in stealth just from summoning my bow. But with it, you could be right behind somebody and be ready to shoot him in the back of the head. You got a name on that uh, on that on that talent, Dave? So I'm looking it up now. So quiet casting: all spells you cast quiet from casting. any school of magic are silent to others. Requirements: you have to be a kindred mage, an illusion level fifty. What is kindred? I don't know if you think about kindred mage, but I've yeah. never had to have that. No, I have no idea what that is. Are you know. looking in, at a Skyrim thing, or is that something else? Yeah, I'll scroll. Hold on, Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim wiki. I, I don't know. The person who <laughs> is probably uh, drunk. <laughs> yeah, probably. It sounds about right. This other one over here. This is the official wiki. But not not to interrupt you. I just wanted to, to give you that that little piece that I found. I'm actually I'm I'm looking it up right You're now. Look, yeah, yeah. 
But yes, I did. And um, I I noticed, I wanted to ask y'all, have you ever tried to marry the... Um, I heard that you can marry that chicken in Riften who has that dude from the stables owes her money. I think her name is like Sapphire. No, I've never... I don't even know if I've come across her. Yeah, right when you walk into Ripton, Sapphire's telling off this dude from the stables because he owes her money. You can talk to both of them and try to get him out of the deed for owing her money. But apparently, um, I heard that you can actually get her as a wife. And I think that'd be hilarious because I want to see if she still complains about money the whole time. Yeah, I was going to say, she sounds like uh, sounds like she'd be a great wife. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, all most of my week was just in Ripton. That's that's all that I I had to do <laughs> this week. That's really weird. It's coming up again on the uh, on the wiki. Kindred Mage. No idea what that is. It's like a kindred spirit. Kindred Mage. I've never had anything. Never come across anything in this game that said kindred. This is the first time I've ever heard of it, and we've been doing this for how long now? Well, that is well plugging that in my Google. Oh, Kindred Mage is a perk. It's the requirement before you get into that. Oh, okay. All right. All yeah, right. it's it's the perk before... Like, you have to pick up Kindred Mage to unlock the path to go to Quiet Casting. Oh, yep, I see it here. It's on the right side of the tree. It's, uh, it's just after Animage. Yep. Yeah, so that's what's going on. 40 Illusion. All Illusion spells work on higher level people. Very eloquently put, I suppose. <laughs> it's for high-level dudes. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. What else? What else you got there, Dave? That's that's all that I've done this week was play around with illusion for a while. I think I have it up to mid twenties now. Well, I'm and... glad someone's doing that finally because obviously we don't do that very often. We didn't know what Kindred Maid was, so yeah. <laughs> so good, good, good for you, sir. Good for you. <clears throat> All right. Well, yes, it's kind of impossible to you know remember all of the different um, you know trees and and the the points inside those trees. And I mean, as much as we play the game, yeah, but <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure that if someone says that you know they got overdraw, we know that that's in archery. Kindred mage, we're all like, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is this thing called magic? What? What? <laughs> what? What is that? Anyway. You guys still there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. Skype's been getting kind of funny. We had a couple instances where it cut out for a second or two. Yeah, uh-huh. I've been noticing that lately. Skype fail. Gotta love Skype. They update it and it only gets worse. It only gets worse. <laughs> <sighs> Pay me for a worsening service. It's like yeah. they update Skype by deleting lines of code. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I had a, a halfway interesting um, week so far, and uh, I, I played my Red Guard Girl of Awesome Hotness. Hey! With the uh, one-handed weaponry and the uh, the spells in the other hand, destruction. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I am really enjoying the magic melee combo. How does it work? It's completely offensive. Okay. You're... As your opponents are approaching, you hit them with... I'm using Ice Spike now. And as they get close Ooh. to me, they're pretty much dead. So I one or two hits, a swings of a sword, they're gone. And if I get an archer, I run at them, throwing my Ice Spike at them, and beat them down really quick. 
And I can do this with multiple enemies. Wow. And I'm putting points into health and magic. So what do you do? You have just your sword in one hand and your ice spike in the other and yep. you just go at it? Sure do. I have the ice spike in my left hand and the sword in the right hand. Huh. And, um... Yeah. Huh? You use, use ice spike or do you use, like, you know, flames? Like, any of the, the ones where you have to, like, constantly cast it? Do you use any of those spells? Or? I was using the lightning for a while. But then yeah. I, 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 I love ice spike. And a little pew, pew, pew as I'm going up there and beating them with they have ice shards sticking out of their forehead and their neck and everywhere. What do you do for armor? Do you wear the uh, the heavy armor and enchant heavy it? Yep. Heavy armor? I'm, I'm only level 8, so enchanting is not in the horizon yet. Okay. Oh, oh, uh, level 8 fist pound right there, Joe. Me too. I'm level 8. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Cheap, bro. <laughs> That's the martial arts training we're going to say, right? Uh... <laughs> Uh, have her in full Dorvin modified armor. <laughs> yeah, giggity. Um, <laughs> floss. Uh, that Dorvin armor is worse than floss. Oh my god. Toothpick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Upstairs and downstairs, bro. Oh god. Love it. <clears throat> I have like the full fleshed out model of the uh, Red Guard. So she's... Uh, <sniffs> Anyway, hey. <laughs> hey now. Hey. she's just a walking ice flinging tank of death. And I've realized that nothing can stand up to her. And I wouldn't kill the first dragon you have to kill. And it was kind of pathetic. He landed once and he never got up again. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it was pew 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 and slice. And as soon as I went to hit him with my melee sword, she did the whole animation where I love. Jumps on top of him and her floss and starts beating on him. Dabs him in the head. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's an awesome. My girls in there just bam, 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 slice, slice, death. <laughs> Dead <laughs> dragon. What's, what's your character's name? Oh, what did I name her? Morgan. Morgan. Okay, I'm writing all this down. I like that. Walking ice. Hold on. I, I, walking <laughs> ice <laughs> tank of death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they make a Skyrim movie, it needs to star Morgan, the walking ice flinging tank of death <laughs> in a world <laughs> destroyed by dragons. <laughs> Meet the ice flinging tank of death, Dovahkiin. <laughs> you never should have come here. No, you never should have attacked me. <laughs> wow, before I get any more disturbing, before I want to get off the caffeine, <laughs> I decided to be the first one to on the show to go on the werewolf side of the game. Ooh. I'm going to join Dongar with her, obviously, because I want to I want to play this in my head as like a medieval underworld movie, where I'm the lichen. You should download some of those um those underworld mods that are on the uh, the workshop. Underworld, no, no, Underworld, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did I, did I say underwear? No, 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 no. <laughs> it was just they my joke. Underworld mods that change, like, vampires' eye colors from, like, yeah. the red to the underworld blue. Which is nice. And they have some, like, the skin-tight leather suits. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm joining the companions with her. And I did all the first fetch quests where to go there and do there. 
Uh, it was kind of funny. The first thing you have to do in the companions is they, they want to test your fighting skill. I took yeah. one swing at the guy, and he's like, I give up, I give up. You're pretty strong. <laughs> I never saw that before. <laughs> <laughs> of course you're strong. You're the uh, walking, ice-flinging <laughs> tank of death. Walking, ice-flinging tank of death. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to actually try the werewolf tree for the first time ever. And see how that goes. Um, on my way to wipe, 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 blah, 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 blah. I can talk today. On my way to wipe out some Forsworn for the companions, I found a cave. A little tiny cave in the middle of nowhere that I never saw before. With a single vampire in the main room and a couple of undead companions with her. I butchered them. No problem. Took her clothes, walked away. Good for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Went in the next room and there's a vampire lord and all I saw was revenge across my face. Revenge for Evarwin. So I went in there and threw three ice ice spikes at him, and he was about three quarters of the way dead. Went over there, two swipes, and he was a pile of ash. Just for you, Evarwin. Thanks, man. And that's when it really started to feel like a medieval underworld, except for (laughs) I wasn't a werewolf, which would have been better. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm playing in my own head here. It's kind of weird and dark, but it's me. Um. One of the more interesting things that happened is I was walking down the road to that quest still, and it was late at night, and there was a, an orc in that raggedy clothes, female orc, and she turned out to be a skooma dealer. Hey, you want some? I was like, um... Want to buy some death sticks? <laughs> skooma? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, no. As I started walking away, I, I got the weird notion in my head, so I turned around and hit her with some ice spikes and killed her. And all I could think was, now I've just I've rid the world of one less drug dealer. And then I took <laughs> down and went and reached down and took her skooma and walked away. I didn't use any of it. I only I did not inhale. <laughs> I, I, I did not inhale. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bill. <laughs> yeah, I figure it's a good selling point, right? So, so what'd that, you do? That, Just sell it? Did you dump it? What'd you do with I'm it? I'm gonna sell it. Still have it in my inventory. I haven't done anything with it yet. So you killed her because she was doing wrong in the world by selling skooma, and then you steal the skooma, and your intention is to sell it? <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you didn't pick up on that. Oh, no. I was all over that. <laughs> uh, actually, I haven't decided what I'm going to do with it yet. I have it in my inventory. I actually thought about using it, honestly, to be honest. You should sell it. What does skooma do? It <laughs> <laughs> went off on you. On selling the skooma, and he just told you to sell it. Oh my sell gosh, it. painted cows everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I would do. I would, I would totally, I would totally sell all that. Why not? Yeah, it's yours. Get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ivaron, what was your week like? I I feel like in order to make my week better. What we need to do is reenact your week only with sock puppets on our HD cameras over the live stream. <laughs> so, Dave, I'm sure you have a green sock in, in that, that bedroom of yours. Um, Go <laughs> it's probably under something. Give me one second. Yeah, the one you haven't washed in two years? Get that one. <laughs> the, I the found one. a comper bund. Will that work? That'll work perfectly. <laughs> and then Lou gets to be Joe. So <laughs> Now, Dave, let's hear your best female orc voice. Yay! This is going to work beautifully. And now, and now, who <laughs> to an <laughs> girl? 
all right. So uh, what did I do? I, I continued with my uh, with my mage. Um, I got her up to level six. Anastasia is her name, in case you didn't in case you didn't remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Remember that, um, Anastasia. I may have may not have picked that up from a lackluster '90s movie from Disney. Yeah, I kind of picked that up too. Yeah, I'd <laughs> see. By the way, it's not named mine Ariel, so I mean we're cool there. <laughs> so I uh, got her uh, got her up to level eight, which is up from up from Ooh, level six. And while leveling, I put points into augmented shock, which does twenty five percent more damage uh, from shock spells. I got one out of two out of that, and I put into Physician, which is in the Alchemy Tree. So now my mixed potions are 25% more powerful, and that's across the board. Magicka, Health, Stamina, Potions, all that. So um, I'm pretty happy that I, I've got those. I'm trying to I'm trying to level up Alchemy, which I've, I've never done before. It always just frustrated me. Um, and then when I found out that apparently you can eat the ingredients in order to figure out what some of what what these things do, um, that for some reason um, was like interesting for me. So now I'm like I totally want to do this. Yeah, you know that's all fun in games. So you find something that kills you. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. <laughs> so. Um, I'm doing that, and then uh, I walked into this place near Falkreath called uh, Haldir's Cairn, and it's it's basically a cave that's nestled somewhere in the wilderness over there by by Falkreath. Um, I had I I kind of had like a challenging time trying to get in here because I switched up my spells from last week to just the lightning spells. So I'm doing a lightning bolt in one hand and um, lightning in in the other. Um, and it's all ghosts in there. So like the whole sneaking thing wasn't working out for me, which I'm, I'm starting to like get away from a little bit now. I don't know if it was just the I think I think the ghosts have a thing with sneaking. It's just you got to have like a really high level to, to get around them with it, though. I'm getting better using sneaking around bandits and whatnot so i don't know i still got to play around a little bit um so i I go walking into this thing i go diddy bopping in as they say and uh i I get to the end but like in a couple of spots like i have a hard time you know trying to get through so i kind of get like you know zerg and i'm running back and i'm trying to get these guys down i'm i'm ripping them down mostly with my with my lightning spells there's a lot of dps to be had in those lightning spells oh yeah really yeah which is why i dumped that one point into augmented shock so now I do even more damage with it, and it's 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 great. I'm having a lot of fun. Um, but I, I just for some reason like I just couldn't complete the whole thing, and I figured you know what I think I think the problem is is I just don't have someone tanking for me because I'm squishy. I'm I'm a full mage. I'm in you know burlap. Sure, I'll <laughs> hop right in. I'll be your um your ice flinging tanking death of of awesomeness. You know. Hold on. Uh, it is the it is the uh, walking ice flinging tank of death. Yeah, that one. That one, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I figured I, I need someone to tank for me. So who did I think of? Me. <laughs> there makes sense. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so I immediately went over to the uh, the inn at uh, at River Run, and um, I I got me to tank for me, which reminds me. I was yes. using my guy. I was using me as my as my pew pew guy. 
And everyone's right. I am very annoying in the game. I think there's a bug. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be walking down the road, and my guy, even running behind you, will do his idle animation 16 times while you take 16 steps. Hmm. So we should probably ask Fred to uh, tone the chatter down a little bit on... Just a bit, yeah. However, it does crack me up hearing him go pew-pew every time he's shooting. I gotta, I gotta say this. This other thing is, um, when I walked into the inn mm-hmm. to to pick me up at the inn, <laughs> <laughs> I saw you standing there, and I was like, "Oh, that's Joe the Widget Wilson." <laughs> <laughs> um, I I approached your your character in game, and it was the most unsettling thing to hear your voice coming <laughs> out of my speakers on my computer and fully well know I am not like in a Skype call with you or we're not doing a show or anything like that like it really like I had to force myself to say I'm not talking to Joe right now but I <laughs> you're like one of those dogs who uh, when they hear their masters on the phone they start freaking out oh yeah oh yeah I'm, I'm very much like that that it's, was a very bad I'm, analogy Dave thanks <laughs> it worked <laughs> so that that was I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I had I had wanted to uh, I forgot about bringing that up and I wanted to mention that on the show <laughs> it's a little jarring <laughs> so um, I, I ran in there again with, with me tanking and uh, it was great I had I had a lot of I had a lot more fun I could just stand in the back you know uh the uh, paladin of Barwin goes goes running in there and and just starts grabbing everything up and and I'm just in the back with my lightning spells you know like like the emperor. <laughs> I'm more feminine this time though. Yeah. Um. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that sounds like a really bad Michael Jackson video, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thriller gone bad. <laughs> gone wrong just so wrong <laughs> maybe i should do my Kraya impression <laughs> that'll i don't have one but whatever <laughs> so yeah i finally got through that whole thing and um and it was it was great definitely uh having having something tank for me and standing in the back so that's a play style that i i don't really like but now that now that i'm a mage i'm enjoying having a companion with me and and tanking and tanking for me so from i'm gonna keep going keep going with that um but i have to admit joe your your one-handed weapon thing and mm-hmm. the heavy armor like that sounds really appealing it's insane it's insanely useful i've been focusing mostly on my offensive putting in points into my one hand and i've been doing on the spell destruction tree i've been only putting the two points in for cutting the spells in half mm-hmm. that way i can just fling them more often yeah. And it seems to be working a lot in putting points into heavy armor. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to rip you off, but at the same time, it sounds really cool. I might. I don't know. Uh, I want. I've never had a mage. I just got to stick with what I got. I, I, I've never had a mage before. I should just go with it. <laughs> now that I have it, I have me tanking for me now. <laughs> I notice that when you play a mage character, it's really useful to have a companion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. But at the same time, they always walk in front of your shots. Well, the good thing is, in, in, in our mod, we don't die. Yeah, so if you pick one of us, that's nice. But I can't tell you how many times I've killed that first dude you get from uh, Riverwood, mm-hmm. the, the archer dude. 
I've had to reload games because I shoot him in the back of the head constantly. <laughs> Here's a question: Do we do those do those uh, modded characters of ours? Do they level up with your character? That's a good question because if we if we don't if we don't level up with the character in game, eventually we just become inept, kind of like in real life. Well, for me, anyway. Yeah, speak for yourself. Yeah, but eventually in game, your character is going to be so awesome, you're not going to need a, a companion. Yeah, you get those uh, max level spells I have yet to see. I've always wanted to see, but never got myself to actually make a mage to get to those high level spells. Yeah. Oh, thanks for the consolation, Dave. I appreciate that. You're welcome. That's what I do. I, I, I can I consolate. Yeah, I feel consoled by you. Oh, right. Anyway, any more of our one? <laughs> No, that's it. That's it. That's uh, that's all I got. I mean, um, I I tried the uh, the cave a, a bunch of times, and you know, went in there with my uh, my companion, and finally got through it, and um, and that was it. You know, I I had a, I had a great time doing it, to be honest. Like it seems like the I, and we were talking about this off air. It seems like the more successful we are in this game, like the less we have on the show. <laughs> exactly. I had a fantastic time. Nothing to talk about though. Yeah. Exactly. Nothing entertaining. <laughs> Same way with my my girl. I was I did a lot more than I said on the on the air, but very little was worth talking about. Besides, oh yeah, I killed this, this, and this. I walked into this cave. I turned left, killed these three guys without you know bright bat an eyebrow. Walked oh, three more steps, was... killed six more. I know, right? <clears throat> I spent all morning yesterday just playing around and having a great time, and I ended up only completing two quests. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so Lou, did you have a more interesting week than us? Well, I can't top those three stories. I just can't. Wow, you did worse. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have to fast forward to the Tamriel Times. <laughs> but my week has been, well, it's, I would say my week's been going slow. It's blacksmithing. It's becoming the bane of my game existence. It's going really, really, really slow. Slow. Slow, no matter what I'm building. For some reason, I think the, the game just hates me. <laughs> I only got it to level 76 so far. Well, the game cheats. Yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really does. Damn system. Yeah, you, you gotta know how cheat. to... You gotta know how to cheat it. You gotta know when to hold them. It's too bad you just can't <laughs> pimp slap software like that, but uh, I found myself going back to the old women rooms I've cleared in the past mm-hmm. and just going after all the metal I left behind. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> It's just making a small stockpile in, in all my houses. Yeah, you know, I'm just going back. Just all right. I dump everything out. Make sure I have all that space in my inventory. Go back to these ruins. Join cock, Yeah, I'll take that. Piece of metal. Yeah, I'll take that. You just Once melt over, it. Yep, I've been melting it. Just making ingots back and forth. Going out and Has, do it again. You've been leveling up with that? <laughs> not really. It, it's just not working. You know, if we're going to do it, it's just not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only reason why I'm up to 76 now is that I finished that quest where you have to get the uh, Algam Infinium for Hermaeus Mora. Okay, mm-hmm. and I actually looked up the options for the three paths that are offered in the book. And I figured, you know what, let me just see what I can do. And I chose the Path of Might, which gave me the plus five to smithing, which is why it's now up to 76. Before it was 71, <laughs> even then that took days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> days of just sitting there, it's all I did, literally, for one place, one play session. For three hours. Jeez. Yeah. Just sitting there at the damn forge. 
three I, hours from like the start up to seventy six. That's not that bad. I'll tell you what, no, Lou. No, no uh, just seventy one. We'll, uh, we'll, I got seventy six because that book. We'll talk off air. I have some skooma that I can loan you. You know, <laughs> boost it a little bit. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of skooma, <laughs> as a side note, yeah, I've also been collecting the skooma. I have everything. I have all my travels. I must have like forty vials of that stuff by now. Wow. Mm-hmm. You've really been uh, del- You've been really uh, dumpster diving <laughs> to Wimmer Ruins, haven't you? <laughs> Wimmer Ruins, occasional bandit, you know, the odd Khajiit caravan here or there. It's like, oh, look at that. Aw, poor Khajiit. Must be a Khajiit tent. Oh, oh, look at that. Harmless little merchants. Welcome to Skyrim. <laughs> 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 Take their stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it's... I, yeah, the 40-plus files are in my uh, main home in Bree's home right now. One day I'll get to it, find out what I'll probably just sell it. Yeah. Legally. Right, unlike Joe, who's uh, knocking off skooma vendors and then selling their wares. <laughs> I'm I thought I would feel skooma. bad for slaughtering her, but I didn't. <laughs> I justified it in my own head, and it felt fine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll just take my skooma, you know, to the next merchant and just sell it there for a profit. I'm not going to say, hey, hey, town guard, you want some skooma? Man, she was carrying the good stuff, too. She had uh, moon dust. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Score! A couple lines of that, and you'll be walking on the moon. <laughs> um, Did you, Lou, did you ever, like, decide what's going on with you Um, as far as, like, the dawn guard and the vampire thing? I, I know you were, we kind of left off last week with that. Here's the thing. I have been using Serana as my companion, ad hoc companion. Since you, know, you have that quest where you pick her up and she says, you know, please take me home. You mean You're Kira? A vampire. You have an Elder Scroll your back. Can't you walk yourself home? <laughs> What's the matter with you? <laughs> it's a badass vampire princess, my butt. No, she needs she needs Louis Olan to assist her back home to Daddy's castle. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> But yes, I have been dragging her along. I've been avoiding doing that part of the quest where I actually finish it. Mm-hmm. So as of now, I, I, she's just been tagging along. Everywhere I go, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I go to the sanctuary. Is she going to pop? Yep, there she is. <laughs> you know, you try to leave her behind. Like, you give her the option to wait here. Uh, no. No, she doesn't want to wait. She doesn't want to wait. She won't trade things with you. I'm like, so what good are you? Yeah. She uh, she carries an Elder Scroll and looks pretty. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah, you know, when much. I first saw her come out of Sarcophagus, I really was like, ooh, Elder Scroll. I wonder if they worked it into yeah, the Yeah, I'm sure he was looking at the Elder her. Scroll. <laughs> kill her for the Elder Scroll. Okay, so... <laughs> I so, wanted the Elder Scroll. What else? <laughs> well, I did, you know, like I said, I've been using her, and actually, all my playthroughs... You know, the dragons have been dumb enough to come down and attack me. I, I, I just watched her just go at it right away. Like, the dragon lands all of a sudden. I'll, I'll just run away for a little bit to get some distance. But mm-hmm. there goes Serana. <laughs> Charging away. <laughs> Zapping the dragon. You know, with the spells. Like, oh, wow, this is cool. Running go, minion. Head. Go ahead. That's all right. I'll, I'll stay over here. Did you look like you're having... Did you down him? No. No. Did some nice damage, though. But after all, she's like, you know, it's taking too long. Let me just go in there and finish the fight. Yeah, just finished it up for her. Yeah, I mean, and right now with the, the weapons I've enchanted and, you know, I have them up to legendary status, it's just mm-hmm. insane now. Okay. Nice. Yeah. 
yeah, taking on these blood dragons, just like three or four swipes. To, oh, oh, poor dragon. <laughs> Not much of a fight. And lately, every fight I've been getting into has ended with that awesome kill cam shot where, Joe, you just mentioned, you, know, you actually jump on the, on the neck of the dragon. Yeah, and start beating <laughs> slamming him. Slam it away at their head with the sword. Like, yes, that's for lower level pain, you jerk. <laughs> what what are you using though? Like, how are you using a, an actual like a sword or what? Yeah, I've actually paired up where, well, the actual sword in my main hand is one from one of the mods from that uh, mod I picked up the uh, Schwertlight to set. So it's a right. one handed sword. I have there. Uh, I've got that up to, gosh, I think one hundred five damage now. Oh, nice. It's legendary. And yeah, and I actually was able to improve a chill rend up to 101 damage. So that's on my left hand. Fuck. So with all that, it's just, I, I just find myself like a, a walking side of death. Like, hmm. I, I don't sneak anymore sometimes. No need I'm, to. Yeah, it's like, I don't need to. You know what? Just, just come on out. Make it easier on me. My sneak's already maxed out, so I get no more benefit out of that <laughs> other than the sneak attacks. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just brazenly walking into areas saying, okay, who's next? Yeah, just, just sticking your sword where, uh, wherever it goes. <laughs> <laughs> that like, Dolly keeps ready. Who wants some? <laughs> so you Break. still haven't figured out if you're doing the vampire or the dawn guard thing? No, well, you know, I've been kind of cheating um, at the, uh, the playthroughs. Trying to figure out, you know, what I'd like to see my character go through. If ten months of doing this show hasn't taught us something about <laughs> Lou, is he's he not is the strongest decision maker. <laughs> <laughs> that that decision's never going to happen. <laughs> All the scrolls online will come out. I'll still be like having someone to tag along. <laughs> I have this idea, guys. I'm working on it. <laughs> you know, at this point, I may make several save files and just have one where I just complete the entire game without turning, without bringing Serrano <laughs> and never advancing the Dawn Guard story. <laughs> yeah, I, I beat it out of the one. <laughs> never to him. Yeah, no, no, Serrano's still with me. Yeah, she's right there. <laughs> That's one save file. But yeah, no, it's just, I, I still am, you know, I, I'm attached to this character, so I really haven't decided what I want to do. Um, and I do have a lot of fun having her tag along and fighting with me. Although I will say that, you know, when she raises her undead servant to help her in fights, sometimes the thick of things with all these, you know, different mobs around, all these different targets around, I'm swinging away. I'm like, oh, 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 sorry. That's yeah, all right. She'll just raise another one. Interesting. So huh, you had a halfway interesting week, though, Lou. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I find out, you know, I thought that. Originally, like, you know, Serana in the game would prompt you to just continue that quest and just bring her there. Mm-hmm. But then after a while, like going to, you know, fast traveling to several different places to close out some small side quests, and she always stuck with me. I'm like, hmm, I wonder. All right, so you know what? I'm just going to use her. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I think it's time to move on to the Tamriel Times. What say ye? Sounds good. Here, here. So say we all. So say we all. So say we all. Confirmation by Imperial State. Dragon spotted in Riverwood. Jarl of Windhelm appoints a new thane. This is Tamriel Times. Your source for news in Skyrim. And here we are in the Tamriel Times, your official and community news. 
Insane amount of mods on Steam, you say? I do say. I do say, sir. There's an insane amount of Skyrim mods on Steam. <laughs> That's cheeky. It's hard for me to believe that. I know, right? This week, Steam reported that there have been, wait for it, 32 million mods uploaded onto its workshop for Skyrim. Skyrim's workshop debuted on Steam on February 7th, and back in June, Steam announced since that uh, since then that the number of mods had grown to 13.6 million. Now, what we know is that these numbers reflect the, only the mods that's found on the Steam workshop. So in actuality, the amount of Skyrim mods that are out there is much more than 32 million but the ones that are on the workshop right now totals 32 million mods just for Skyrim. mods unbelievable that's a lot a lot of modding that's yeah. insane I've never heard of a game that has that much since February mm. 32 million that is insane it's ridiculous. I mean, think about the amount of days between between February and now, and, and you know, by 32 million. I, I mean, people forget how much a million really is. It's, it's mind-boggling how much that is. I have no concept of what 32 million could possibly look like. It's crazy. <laughs> um, also, in, uh, in news around Skyrim, okay, there has been a Morrowind remake of the Skyrim engine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Way anyway. to kick it, Cypress. Anyway. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, you heard that right. A mod titled Sky Wind features the entire game of The Elder Scrolls III Morrowind with updated visuals using the Skyrim, Skyrim creation tool. Uh, the developers explain their mod in the following, and I quote, What is Skywind exactly? It's a non-commercial fan-made modification for The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim that seeks to merge the amazing world of The Elder Scrolls III Morrowind with the enhanced graphics and capabilities of Skyrim's engine. While ownership of both games is required to play, the player only actually plays Skywind using the Skyrim game and not the older Morrowind game. This means that the user interface, combat, graphics, and system requirements for Skywind are all of this are all from Skyrim and not Morrowind. So the uh, the mod's target goal is to complete it with quests and NPCs uh, will be released by February or March of 2013. But you can download the current version, which contains just visuals and texture meshes, um, on their website, which is morrowblivion.com. M o r r o b l i b i o n dot com. Why they just do all three? That'd be epic. Yeah, well, they're actually working on Oblivion. That yeah. Mario, Mario, Oblivion. That makes sense. Yeah, that, that's were... really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, pictures. Real quick, if... Go ahead, Dave. Could I interject? I don't want to take you away from the Morrowind thing, but um, I did the math real quick on the the thirty-two million. That's, oh, yes. Let's say the same number released every day. That's just over 90,000 mods a day. Jeez. Wow. 90,000 mods a day. That's crazy, ain't it? That, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Holy cow. Yeah, but what were you saying about the, the Mar Oblivion? Yeah, yeah. Um. So, I mean, just to round it off, uh, they've got some wonderful screenshots on... Um, 
maroblivion.com where you see uh, shots of, of it looks like Morrowind, but it's updated and, and it's, you know, Skyrim graphics. Absolutely beautiful. And they're doing the same thing for Oblivion. So when you go there, there is a screenshot of the Imperial City. Hmm. All like looking like it, it's right out of right out of Skyrim. It's See, now this will actually get me to play Morrowind and Oblivion again because I I didn't really care for the the original two games. Well, they're those two games, they're not the originals. Yeah. But I you know this would probably get me back in because now I'm you know I'm kind of missing out on the lore aspect of things. Just because I haven't really played those two, and this is this is awesome for me. This is what, yeah, that's what makes this so cool. Is that you you're gonna once this guy is done making these mods, especially the 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 Morrowind one, which should be out, you know, either February or March, they said of next year. Um, you're gonna you know be able to go in there and and experience Morrowind on the Skyrim engine and it's 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 going to be great. I can't wait for it to be honest. I yeah, really I will definitely be playing that. Heck yeah. That's it. That's uh, uh that's the news for uh for Skyrim. We've been we've been keeping our finger on the pulse for for Dawnguard on PS3. So don't think that we haven't been. We we have. It's just there's nothing, nothing. you know, there's just no update. So. All right guys. Well, we are not doing the Banner Matter today. Instead, we're going to be doing the Elder Scrolls hour, or maybe 20 minutes, of awesome. <laughs> we have another interview to get into that we're going to talk about, so we'll get right into that. The Elder Scrolls Online Hour of Awesomeness. And here we are in the Elder Scrolls Hour of Power, or 20 minutes, as it were. We have an interview, another one from the same boring interviewer that we uh, discussed last week, talking to Paul Sage, the game director and lead content lead content designer about lore in this 11-minute video. So, Ivarwin, how about this time we just play it through and then discuss it after? Yeah, I... um. I totally, totally second that motion. Excuse me. Oh, I can't, think. can't talk. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm going to play the video, gentlemen, and let's soak it in and uh, get ready to discuss. All right. So Elder Scrolls Online set during the Second Era, which is about, what, a thousand years before Skyrim, it sounds like? Yep, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys, were you pitched on the idea? Did you guys get a pick with the time frame it was set? Uh, so we did get to pick. I think it's one of the uh, earliest things when uh, Matt and Todd first got together that they uh, talked about was, you know, when is this going to be uh, set in the uh, Elder Scrolls timeline? And uh, I think that, you know, a thousand years. Um, there was a period of time uh, called the Interregnum uh, where a lot of history was uh, not known. And and so there was this this point of uh, or a big conflict that took place that that kind of set all this up. We thought, wow, there's a point in history where there's not a lot of actual written history. That seems like a good place for us to fit. And I think that was a part of the decision making. When working on the game, then the lore, were you thinking that well, we should have some kind of like epic disaster where it destroys all evidence of what happened at the end of the game? Can you 
Can you comment on that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a nice little little period of time, right? Where um, it, it's home to um, tons and tons of false pretenders to the throne. So anything we do here changes the world a, a, a little bit, but doesn't have a long-lasting effect. Like you can have one alliance go and claim emperorship, and until the next emperor comes along, when the next alliance comes in and trounces over them. So a bit like Game of Thrones, keeps <coughs> changing hands. It's always changing. Sure. Right? What kind of tools do you guys use in terms of keeping track of the history? Do you guys have um, a certain database you use, or what, what, are there certain like people who are just like know everything about Elder Scrolls, and you can just ask them a question whenever you need? We have a lead writer, uh, Lawrence Schick, um, who communicates weekly uh, with uh, y- you know all of the uh, folks uh, down in uh, Rockville about the game about the lore so you know we we talk about the lore we make sure that anything we're doing uh coincides with uh, their belief on the lore at the time of course internally we keep a timeline of hey here's when these things happened uh lawrence has written you know, a ton of backstory for us about uh you know here's what was happening up until the game starts and so there's there's a large backstory what it does is it provides us a believable setting for the game uh, so all of our NPCs have the correct motivations. What are some of those elements that make Elder Scrolls Elder Scrolls that you guys were like, well, we have to have all this in the game? We've got a lot of really cool epic things in the Daedra. Um, we like to lean on that a lot. We've got all the really cool lore um, that goes along with the, the Mages Guild and the Fighters Guild. Um, we have Mana Marco, right? The first necromancer of, of you know, Tamrielic lore. And so we're leaning heavily on him and trying to, to uh, reintroduce familiar aspects of the test lore into, into our game. You said M- Mana Marco? Mana Marco. Yeah, what's, uh, what's his deal? Uh, Mana Marco uh, is the first necromancer. Yes. Um, and he plays a huge part in our uh, main story. Uh, the you know, uh, Rich can tell you a lot about that. Uh, you know, the, the content team is is worked on this main story, and it's uh, it's fantastic in the fact that this is you actually get to see Mana Marco earlier than you have uh, ever before. You know, it's a thousand years uh, in the past, but he plays uh, this large role. He's a, a pretty um, prevalent character in all the Elder Scrolls. You know, lore. You see him in lore books. You actually got to fight him in, in Elder Scrolls IV, Oblivion. He's been resurrected at that point, and so at this point in our timeline, you're kind of uh, seeing him before all of that. You guys have um, any events? You said it was not talked about much that period, but were there any events that uh, some of the earlier games set up or talked about in a lore book? They were like, oh, well, we gotta get, we got to get that in the game. One of those events is, is the uh, Akaveri invasion. Right, and we kind of we kind of set that up as a little bit of a backstory behind um, some of our alliances and, and why they've actually grouped together. Is you know, um, uh, Ebonheart Pact. That's one of the reasons why they kind of got together and joined forces was to fend off this Akaviri uh, invasion. So, what's the story there? What happened there? Uh, they basically they they fended off the invasion. Uh, I believe it was like ten or fifteen years before the start of our game, something like that. It's really close to that. Um, right. And so they they're just coming off that victory, and they're they're working together to to kind of forge ahead. I think one of the other things that uh, we've been doing, you know, you talked a little bit about establishing lore as well, um, and and that timeline, um, you know, that happens just previous to the game. We have um, a war that's taken place in the Daggerfall Covenant. Uh, I, I want to say it's like 50 years prior that they call King Rancer's War, and the player actually gets to um, experience the effects of the war, 
and uh, through means which will probably remain unnamed at this point, uh, they actually get to experience a little bit of the war themselves. And so getting that r- richer, deeper lore of, hey, there was something that happened here, it's, it's part of history. Again, it just keeps the player you know, grounded in that, like, hey, this is actually a real place. These are people with real problems, which is something, uh, again, that I think is really key to the license. So there's a lot of fans of the Elder Scrolls series out there, people who played Morrowind, Oblivion, whatever. What, um, what can those fans look forward to? Like, say I played Oblivion a lot. Like, what do I look forward to look to? What do the Skyrim fans have to look forward to? So one of the expansions for Morrowind was the Tribunal. People who go into Morrowind will again get to meet uh, the Tribunal, which was uh, these uh, almost godlike beings for the Dark Elves in the game. And they'll see them again, they'll interact with them, you know, and, and now what is a thousand years in the past. The story we've got around the tribunal is really interesting as we have uh, a pretender uh, who wants to uh, insert themselves into the tribunal, so to speak. And, you know, that's a great nod for anybody who's been clamoring to play Morrowind again and, and, and get that same feeling and, and, you know, who knows all of those stories. So I, I think that's that's a really key element for us. Fans of Skyrim, you know, you're going to be going, you know, to, you know, some Skyrim territory. And we've taken great pains to try to recreate the feel of Skyrim in, in, in our time. The land of Tamriel is always built on all these ruins, you know, and you come across Daedric ruins or... Um, all those like ancient histories that uh, how are you guys or what's your maybe philosophy about approaching communicating some of that history to the players without it being confusing? I think it's great. Uh, even even recently, we've upped the number of ruins that you run across because we felt that you know we didn't quite have the density of ruins we wanted in the game at the time or or the the great exploration feeling. So you'll you will hit Daedric ruins. You'll hit Aelid ruins. Um, you'll hit, uh, you know, old forts, uh, things of that nature, caves, all over the place. So, you know, again, I, I guess the running joke is, you know, a stone's throw away. But, but literally, I think you can't run more than maybe a minute and a half across the world without hitting, you know, some, something that's interesting. And some of these smaller ruin sets may not even have um, what you'd consider a, a quest or, or something like that. They have something interesting that's taking place there, but it's not formal. Again, it's rewarding your exploration for going around and seeing this. And, and part of that uh, is our lore library, for instance, where you might find a book there. And that book would be actually be related to where you found it. So if you found that book in, say, a uh, fort in Skyrim, an old uh, rundown fort, that book would actually tell you a little bit about it. And the nice thing is... Once you collect a book as part of this collection game, you can go back and you can read that book at any time that you've collected it. It, do, it doesn't take a, a part of your inventory. It just gets added to your collection. And, and again, that's the way you gain reputation with the Mages Guild. So all of these different ruins you know, tend to have these greater stories written about them at some level. Since this is a prequel game, do you guys think you might be able to set it up where things people actually do in this game might get turned into lore for some future Elder Scrolls game? I hope so. Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, in working with uh, Bethesda again, working on the IP, they've been really open to what we're doing since we're vetting it with them a lot. I think they're hopefully excited about saying, yeah, this is actually part of canon now, and we want to make this something that, you know, is a nod and players will see. So, uh, you know, no guarantees on that front, but I would say certainly that's a goal for us. How much history did you guys create for this game? Uh, we've created a lot. But we've also had a lot to to um, dig through and sift through and really try and try and learn. Like it's twenty years worth of Elder Scrolls, 
that we've had to try and, and digest and then right, right. work with. One of the things that, that we have uh, while it's taking place is, is that timeline that goes back 50 years, not just our time, uh, again, to hit on that setting, but even going forward, you know, what are going to be the new quests and those things? And, and we do a little bit of work for, hey, you know, here's kind of how we see the expansions working, uh, you know, in the game. But again, we're waiting because we want to see what the players do at the end of the day. And I, I think that's going to be more fun than any plans we have, which, you know, okay, that gets thrown out because the players are, are doing this now. And, yeah, absolutely. And that's great. Well, and Rich, you talked about um, the online, like going online and seeing how the fans react as being a really enjoyable experience. You guys ever go and check out those um, the Elder Scrolls wikis? I know there's a couple of them out there. Do you guys find that they're... They're in pretty good shape. Yeah, I mean, the stuff that that uh, the consumer does, the fans do, is is incredible. Um, they have stuff that I never knew about. Um, I'm sure some Bethesda guys never knew about, and it's it, it's all there, and it's 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 really awesome to see that. There is nothing quite like going to these sites and seeing just the amounts of knowledge that they've accumulated, and and inconvenient places. Um, you know, we, we have a running inside uh, discussion about lore. What is set in stone is only what's ever been in a game. Right. And then the rest, though, are reference materials that we can use from the books that have been in games and things like that. But it's, it's fascinating to read just how exact these, some of these wikis are, some of these different pages are that talk about the lore. And, you know, I, I'm literally blown away. Like, wow, it, that was a reference I would have never seen, you know, that, that came from Arena. I thought, oh, wow, I, I, I played that. And more technical problems. Some of these different pages are that talk about the lore, and you know, I, I'm literally blown away. Like, wow, it, that was a reference I would have never seen, you know, that, that came from Arena. I thought, oh, wow, I, I, I played that game, I don't know how long ago, and, and sure enough, there it is. Well, we haven't brought it up yet, but uh, fans of Skyrim really love dragons and fighting dragons uh will we see dragons in online uh they are not a part of that uh a part of our 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 game yet we definitely uh have plans for them when they show up we're not sure yet um but we we have some plans have some plans we do to put dragons in the game uh potentially yes okay so this is this is not a period where dragons didn't exist so it is a period of time where the dragons are not around um for various reasons, but uh, we're definitely exploring ways to to bring some back. Like you jump into a VR machine and like <laughs> battle VR dragons. Um, probably. Sorry not to ruin the surprise. Probably, probably not that, that way. way. Well, thanks a lot for your time, guys. Uh, have a good rest of the day. All right. And good luck um, making more history. I don't know. Um, is it just me, or does Rich need to stop taking a shower in baby oil? <laughs> that guy's forehead is way too glossy. It was distracting. Dragons. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> the whole dragon thing is like the time frame that they set the game in, if you go back in, in Elder Scrolls lore, it's between the time of the dragons. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to have dragons in the game. And frankly, if you, you know, battle maybe some undead ones, that would be awesome. Yeah, undead but skeletal dragons. I'm all for that. Having random flying around dragons you battle, no, it just yeah. it, it takes it away from it the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's not the period. Here's here's what I did. You hear how careful they were about about this? Okay, they're they're dealing with 
they're dealing with a lot here. Um, mm-hmm. We would all love to fight dragons because Skyrim is awesome. We fight dragons in Skyrim, and it's we love doing that. Um, and I think they've heard that, but they also know that they have to remain true to the to the timeline. Do, right. I mean, if you listen to that whole thing, they're very like you know they they will not budge from that timeline, and they will stay true to it. They've done a ton of research. So what I'm thinking is that time travel is a part of the Elder Scrolls, and it is a part of this game in um, in Elder Scrolls Online. I think what they're going to do is they're going to have us either go back or have like like what, what you just said, Joe, maybe like an undead thing, an undead dragon thing, like just you know randomly come up. We're dealing with necromancers, so raising of undead is definitely a theme in this game. We know that for Ooh, sure. Yeah, I didn't even put that together. Mm-hmm. That is a yeah. very good possibility, ain't it? Marco is is the very first necromancer. I, I think they said something like that. They did, yeah, yeah. So that can happen. Um, certainly, we know from from uh, playing Skyrim that when you open up an Elder Scroll, the potential to go back and at least view the past is there. Maybe there's another Elder Scroll where you can physically go back and then you fight a dragon. Maybe they're going that way with it. There's... That seems like a lot of work just to put dragons <laughs> in the game, though. There's a ton of possibilities with that. One thing that I noticed in the video <laughs> that kind of threw me off a little bit when they were talking about Tamriel and about all the ruins in it, mm-hmm. how the ruins are still there. Well, if you're going back a thousand years, those ruins probably would not be ruins anymore. This is before they became ruins in some cases. Well, yeah. But, I mean, also you have to think about what was what societies that their their remnants are completely swept away now may have existed back then that were totally like you know I actually thousands. have something on this I've, I've been writing notes the whole time he yeah. he noticed he mentions ruins that we've not heard of before he mentions alien ruins as one of them okay we don't have alien ruins in Skyrim do we no no, I, don't know, I so like, I misheard that. Did so I like, mis- did I mishear it? I, I don't know if I you said alien ruins. I'll have to go back and listen to that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't catch exactly that. But yeah, I mean, he I, went through fast. It was it yeah. was either alien or alien, and I was like, oh, alien ruins? What? <laughs> listen, Jack, I'm saying ruins can be older than thousand years old. I know. I'm <laughs> saying that some of those ruins by the the timeline of the lore were not a thousand years old. They were only a few hundred. Right. Well, I mean, uh, look look at it this way. To us, the Roman Empire is an ancient civilization left in ruins. To the Romans, there were other. Um, the Babylonian Empire was an was an ancient civilization left in ruins. True. So if you I mean, you know what I mean? So, like, if you go back a thousand years to us, you know, ancient ruins to, to the ancient Romans were was the Babylonian Empire. I'm just saying that they should have mentioned the fact that maybe they're bringing back the Dwemer. I'm waiting for that. Yeah, I, that's true. As, well, yeah. uh, as Armand in the chat room just mentioned, the, the Aelid ruins. Yeah, remember, there are other Mare people. That's what he said. That's what I yeah. was talking about. Oh, Aelid ruins. Mm-hmm. That I are, thought he said alien ruins. Yeah, that, that they're different and they're older the older races that have gone away for whatever reason. And, you know, we're, we're encountering their ruins in the game. Okay. So that's what he was talking about. That's the, the really old elves then, right? Yep. Most likely. Yeah. Cause then 
you could have the Dwemer ruins that we see now in Skyrim and, you know, Marwan and Oblivion. Yeah, those are still standing and probably still in a decent state. And it's going to take all that time when we get to Skyrim to where they actually are, you know, broken down and, you know, overrun with, like, Moss, the Falmer, everything else that's in there. Here's, here's some of the points that I, I wrote down real quick, and I would just like to just throw out there very quickly. Number one, the amount of research that they're doing regarding the lore, I find to be amazing. They're paying a lot of attention to detail, and I think that this proves that they're doing all that they can to make the online version of The Elder Scrolls as true to the series as possible. So if you're a, if you're a fan of The Elder Scrolls, this might be a game that you'd, you would be interested in because of, of the detail that they're putting in regarding all the games that you've played already into this one. Um, also, I like that he said that they increased the number of ruins, old forts, and caves as you run around in the, lo- in the, um, in the game. Stones throw away. Yeah, he said uh, every minute and a half, you you end up finding like a point of interest. So that's that means tons and tons of content. And don't forget, no. last week when we had we played a video, they no, mentioned Marwin, vignettes. What that actually means is we'll never see Lou again. Yep. Yeah, I'll be all over the place. Yeah, you won't see me again. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you don't necessarily have to get a quest in order to go to a place and do some content like as you just randomly explore you're going to find these these places that are like like they said last week vignettes you know standalone uh places you run into you do the content inside you come out and there you go um i also like the fact that he said they have collections in the game for fans of everquest and rift your 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 you know nerd alarm should be going off left and right because it went off for me i love picking up like little shinies off the ground. You know, I love doing that. And I think that's going to be in this game too. Cause he mentioned collections. Yeah. He did say that was one of my, one of my, actually my last bullet point on here of what I want to bring up their book collections. And he mentioned that you're actually going to use it to, to farm rep with the, the mage college is to collect these books. Yeah. My question is, I, I realize they put all this work into those books I really want to see like the things that they've done in Skyrim where certain books you'll read them and get a quest or you'll read them and find a map to go somewhere. I want the books to be interactive like in Skyrim like that and not just be like in Rift where you just collect them and move on. You know, I really feel like this is the sort of game that can have that much more importance on the lore than other MMOs out there. This they could do this right really easy. This is going to be probably the most lore-enriched MMO to date. Yeah, sounds because like of what they're feeding. They're feeding off the most lore-rich um, gaming series there is. Yeah, and more I, importantly, I really it sounds any... to me like doing the homework, right, Joe? Yeah, no, definitely. That that I think that interview kind of proved that point. Is yeah. that they are doing their homework. That, that actually makes careful. me happy. They're being, yeah, they're being careful not to stray from the the spirit of the actual, you know, the past five games. You know, they want to make sure everything ties in together. Unlike some people, like, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> retroacting, you know, things that have gone on and just changing things as need be. All right. Uh, any last thoughts before we move on, gentlemen? No, none for me. Just totally excited. Yeah, I, I'd like to second that. This really makes me excited, and I'm really happy to hear that they're doing it right. 
And like we said many times, people, the more news we get on Elder Scrolls, you'll hear it here. Guarantee it. And uh, late next month, you'll probably be hearing a lot more. Can't say why, how, or when, but you will. Anyway. Giggle. Giggle. (laughs) We're moving on to the crack. Alrighty, here we are on the crafting table. Your mods and other games enhancements, Evarwin. What do we got? Oh man, do we have a monster of a crafting table for you guys? Monster. We're gonna start. I'm gonna start off by saying that what I am recommending to you is is basically downloadable towns that were featured in previous Elder Scrolls games. Okay. You've got, you've got two mods. Okay. Um, where you're going to find this is going to be the, the Skyrim workshop. Okay. Now, first one I want to talk about is the Elder Scrolls Places by the author 13 Oranges. Now, I transcribed all of his, all of his, uh, his descriptions. So I'm just going to read them off to you because he says it better than I ever could. Um, so he says, the Elder Scrolls places in a mini series of lore friendly mods, each adding locations seen in Skyrim in the Elder Scrolls chapter one arena into the modern day, fourth era 200. Skyrim setting over 200 years later. Common features, you get NPCs with full day and night AI routines, lore friendly and, uh, and consistent with the style and themes of the rest of the game. New NPCs have functioning AI relationships and have background stories and secrets delivered through the game journals. Applicable locations are fully integrated into radiant quests such as the Thieves Guild jobs and road signs for new settlements integrated in the world of Tamriel where they're applicable. Now, like I said, this is a series of mods that that 13 Oranges is, is producing. You've got two in the series so far. Oakwood and Ambergard. All right. Now, Oakwood is a small hamlet in Falkreath Hold on the road between Falkreath and Riverwood. The inhabitants of Oakwood survive by hunting in the surrounding forests and fishing on the shores of Lake Ilanta, where the village is situated, as well as trading with merchants, farmers, hunters, adventurers who often shop, stop on the road to Falkreath. So here's the features of, of Oakwood. Uh, pic- picturesque village of Oakwood from Elder Scrolls Chapter One Arena. Okay, NPCs, full day, night AI routines, fully functioning inn, innkeeper, merchant, bards, customers. Lore friendly and consistent with the style and the themes of the rest of the game. NPCs have functioning AI relationships in the background, stories, secrets, you know, delivered through your game journals. Okay, again, applicable locations in Oakwood are fully integrated into the raiding quest, like the Thieves Guild. Okay, and you get the road signs as well. Uh, road signs for equal, uh, for Oakwood integrated into the world of Tamriel where applicable. And the second mod that, uh, that they, that, uh, the author has integrated into, into his series is called Ambergard. Ambergard was a small village in the Reach that has fallen to ruin over the last two centuries since the events of Arena. The ruins of the village are home to a band of dangerous bandits raiding the roads of White Run Hold since the increased Forsworn activity has driven them from the Reach. 
Again, the features are Remnants of the Village of Ambergard from the Elder Scrolls 1 Chapter Arena. Lore-friendly, consistent with the style and themes of the game, Ambergard's fully integrated with the Radiant Quests as well, such as bounties, lost items, rescue captives, etc., etc., uh, the author just has these couple of notes they want you to know of, okay? Bounties and Radiant Quests that make use of Ambergard are based in Whiterun Hold due to the village's accessibility by road and the bandits' activity in and around the Whiterun Tundra. Also, the location of Ambergard has been adjusted as the layout of the Reach in Skyrim is vastly different to that of Arena. Markarth's location has moved far to the south, roughly where Ambergard was once situated. So just be aware of those things. So that's it. You've got uh, you've got uh, the Elder Scrolls Places, um, which is a series of mods, and it's it's going to be downloadable downloadable uh, towns. One is Oakwood, the other Ambergard. You can download one or the other or both if you wish. That's pretty cool. I might have to download both of these. Yeah, I'm looking yeah, forward to the voice acting is on par. Yeah, I'm wondering about that. That Wonder... seems to be the curse of most of these mods. I think of this way, more stuff to steal. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Oops. <laughs> My bad. I mean, more places to visit. Visit. And here's more free DLC, thanks to the PC side of things. Now it's, what, 32 million and two mods. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, gentlemen. Anything else, Ivaro, before we move on to the other scroll? No, I'm actually excited about uh, Lou's Elder Scroll topic for this week. I can't wait to get into it. And speaking of which, let's get into it. A fragment of time, a piece of creation, a record of history. History itself. The Elder Scroll. And here we are in the Elder Scroll. Loring with Lou. Lou, the floor is yours. Thank you, sir. Today's Elder Scroll, I just wanted to go over... Actually, this is going to be part one. Because I am going over the calendar of the Elder Scrolls universe. If you've ever noticed, whenever you press the tab button on your keyboard or whatever button you use to pause a game, you always notice that you always get the time and what day it is on that. And I thought, you know what? I never really thought about that. All these games I've played from Arena onward, I never really paid attention to the day. I've always just paid attention to the actual clock, the game clock in there. Okay, like, you know, I need to wait four hours for the sunset to go down. Before I could, you know, start stealing stuff, or do I need to wait till the morning, you know, for the NPC to walk, you know, to wake up and walk out of their house? And never realizing that, you know what? There are actually, they have done this. Uh, the folks at uh, Bethesda have really done a lot to actually come up with an entire functional calendar along with days of the week for this game. And so, here we go. Or as I like to say, if anyone gets this reference, not you, Liz, like Sands in the Hourglass. So, too, are the days of Tamriel. As we all know, there are 12 months in the Elder Scrolls year. There are Morning Star, Sun's Dawn, The First Seed, Rain's Hand, Second Seed, 
Mid-Year, Sun's Height, Last Sea, Hearthfire, Frostfall, Sun's Dusk, and Evening Star. The first month we're going to cover is Morning Star, and this is considered to be a winter month. And the very first day of Morning Star, the first day, it's what's called the New Life Festival, which is celebrated all over Tamriel. Okay, the second day of Morning Star, it's a scour day, celebrated in many high rock cities, if you're from those regions. The 12th of Morning Star, a festival called Ovanka. It's celebrated in the Alakir Desert. It's a holiday that's dedicated to Stendar. The 14th of Morning Star, something called the Southwind's Prayer, is celebrated in Tamriel. The 16th of Morning Star, a day of lights, is celebrated in Hammerfell. It's a prayer for good farming and fishing for the upcoming year. The 18th of Morning Star, they call it the Waking Day. It's a Breton holiday, which is held there in those regions. It's particularly amongst the peoples of the Yorth Barland. It's considered one of the oldest holidays for the folks who are Bretons. The second month is called Sun's Dawn. This is also considered to be a winter month. And here's some of the holidays for that. The second of Sun's Dawn. They call it Mad Pelagius Day. Celebrated. It's a Breton holiday. Here it's often boasted that it was time it was his time, Mad Pelagius, when he was in High Rock, that drove him mad. The fifth day of Sun's Dawn, they call it Orthrocatid. It's a Breton holiday. It's celebrated to honor the first Baron of Dwinin. The eighth of Sun's Dawn, it's called the Day of Release, which is celebrated in Glenumbria Moors to signify the victory of Aidan Dereni over the Elysian Order in a battle. The sixteenth of Sun's Dawn, it's called Hearts Day, and it's celebrated all throughout Tamriel. And the folks here, <laughs> you know, Bethesda wanted to make sure, you know, a little quick note here, it's very strongly similar similar to Valentine's Day. Aww. Orcs fall in love with ales. <laughs> Living together in peace. <laughs> 27th of Sun's Dawn. They call it Perseverance Day. And it's celebrated in a region called Yakalon. It's to celebrate the death of those who fought against the Cameron Usurper. The 28th of Sun's Dawn. It's a holiday called Azurus Now, and it's celebrated in Hammerfell. Now the next month is called First Sea, and this is a spring month. Yay! Now the seventh day of First Sea, it's called the First Planting. And again, it's celebrated across Tamriel, and this is the time set aside, past differences, and to begin anew. So I guess turning aside the cheek, and everyone gets a clean slate. The ninth of First Seed is called the Day of Waiting, and it's celebrated throughout the Dragontail Mountain region in the towns and cities in that area. 21st of First Seed, it's a holiday called Hagitham, and it's celebrated by the Dunmer priests who call upon Azura for guidance and support. The 25th is called Flower Day. This is a Breton holiday. It's celebrated in the smaller villages in the High Rock region. And the 26th day of First Seed, called the Festival of Blades. Again, it's held in the Alakir Desert. Hmm. Alakir Desert. Their holidays are so much cooler than the Breton holidays. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, blades, swords. Hmm. Yeah, Alakir Desert gets like blades and swords. The Bretons celebrate flowers and love. Ah, so, so 
last millennium with that. <laughs> Next month is called Rain's Hand. This is also considered a spring month. The first day of Rain's Hand is called Guard Tide. It's a Breton holiday, and it's celebrated in Tamerlan Point. Now, this is considered to be very similar to Flower Day. Again, with flowers, Bretons. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was 13th, joking. I didn't expect that. <laughs> the 13th of Rain's Hand is called the Day of the Dead. It's a Breton holiday. All right, a cool one for once. <laughs> no, <laughs> Bretons sound a lot like druids to me. It does, don't they? And this is a holiday celebrated in Daggerfall. The 20th of Rain's Hand, this is called the Day of Shame. Well, I go through that every day. Um, this is celebrated in Hammerfell. <laughs> and the 20th of Rain's Hand, this is called Jester's Day. It's another festival held all over Tamriel. Must be like April Fool's Day for them. The next month is called Second Seed. This is, a, again, considered a spring month. Now, the first day of Second Seed is a practice called the Rite of Vigil. And this is a particular day. It's celebrated by the Sijic Order. The seventh of Second Seed. The second planting is celebrated. The ninth day of Second Seed, it's called Marukh's Day. This is a Breton holiday. And this is celebrating the life of the first Arab prophet called Marukh. The 20th day of Second Seed is called the Fire Festival. And this is held in the North Moor region. And the 30th of Second Seed. This is called Fishing Day. Again, this is a Breton holiday where those in the Lake Bay region who survive in fishing for a living celebrate and honor, I guess, their trade. And the sixth month, which will end this current segment, is called the Mid-Year. And this is a summer month. The first day of Mid-Year is called Jirigrizim. This is a traditional regard holiday which worships the sun. Now, the 16th of Mid-Year, this is the Mid-Year celebration. Everyone celebrates the Mid-Year. Hey, halfway through. The 23rd of Mid-Year, this is called Dancing Day, and it's celebrated in Daggerfall. The 24th of Mid-Year, it's called Tibidetha, and this is a Breton holiday, and this translates as Tiber's Day, celebrated in honor of Altair's most famous son, Tiber Septim. And this is going to end this current segment. The next six months, I will cover next week. Sweet. There's a lot of celebrating in this, in the lore Yes, there is. I, the it amazed me when I first picked up this particular topic. I, I didn't realize, just like we heard in the previous interview with uh, Paul Sage, just how detailed the writers that work for Bethesda have, uh, you know, fleshed out through the through the years. You know, everything and you know these little aspects of the game. It's just amazing what they've done with this. Yeah, yeah. This game is like I said. This is the most. Yeah, this real series has to be the most lore rich of any of the game series that I can think of by far. Yeah, I've had 20 years uh, to, to flesh it out and build it. I can't wait to see what kind of impact this calendar will have on the game. I mean, uh, if oh, you played, can... yeah. yeah, if you played, um, um, final fantasy 11 online every day, you know, was impacted a, a, uh, a certain element you know, you had like a, a day that, you know, water and wind were and fire were more potent. And um, I'm wondering if they'll do something like that in uh, in ESO. I, I think they could. Can you imagine like if they had in-game events where 
players or factions had to wait for a particular day to honor their, I guess, their Dejic Prince or, or... If they synced our calendar with that calendar and on, and you know, named their months by based off our months and actually had the holidays listed there in those certain regions, Ooh. that would be incredible on those Heck days yeah. each year. Yeah. Halloween, what's up? What up? Bonus <clears throat> points to fishing on the 30th of second seed. Word. That, yeah. That, it's fishing day. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, think well, that'd be cool. Well, that if you're a necromancer, really cool, you know, you get bonus <laughs> bonus zombies, more zombies for your zoo <laughs> on they those could, days. They could definitely have, like, in-game in-game events throughout the year um, based on because their their calendar is is it's definitely based on the Judeo-Christian calendar we follow right now. I mean, without a doubt. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, they could definitely follow it in ESO um, every single every single month. There's there's a new there'd be a new thing to do uh, regarding some of these holidays. Yeah, it'd be nice. Ah, well, I can't wait for that to actually can you imagine they actually flesh that out this way. Oof, possibilities. Hope so. All right, guys, we're gonna go ahead and move on to the town square. Hear that? Something's going on in the town square. I was gonna say, Lou, that the reason why I don't do the uh, Elder Scroll when you're not able to make the show is because there's no way in the world any of us would be able to make pronounce any of those names without you here. You know, the great thing is about the, I have to say, the Bethesda forums is that they actually have uh, that one area with the lore segments, and they actually have uh, the phonetics and the pronunciation tables right there, which is amazing. And it does take me a while <laughs> to practice. It's not easy, but it's just like, wow. All right, guys, we are in the town square. Your emails and iTunes shout-outs. And our first email comes in from Barnes, Barnesel, <clears throat> Barnesel or whatever says, hello crew, your friendly critic has returned with some observations about Edo Scrolls episode 39 that I had to get off my chest. Anyway, as a background, as a background, when Elder Scrolls Online was, in, was first announced, I had no interest in the game. The series has always been just fine by itself and was an epic that you could enjoy to yourself like a good book. I didn't see a need for multiplayer support in any of the Elder Scrolls games and was disappointed to see the IP jump on the make everything an MMO bandwagon. This mentally, this mentality is still with me even hearing more about the game. I know the crew is excited for the game and I have no intention of trying to argue that excitement away. However, <clears throat> really, <laughs> I have to say from the video, I don't see ESO doing anything new or groundbreaking. Did you listen to our show? A lot of the features that they were talking about Encouraging exploration, dynamic questing, and ad hoc grouping are already present in Guild Wars 2. I'm not saying that they need to reinvent the genre, the genre, but it's hard for me to get excited for that game with the current information. Okay, I reread that. I made that, read that wrong completely. I'm not saying that they need to reinvent the genre, but it's hard for me to get excited for a game that with the current information isn't doing anything special. This information is great news for people already interested in the game, but does nothing for people like me who need a push that is not currently available. As a weekly listener, I will still hear about the updates as you bring them, and I'm glad this is yet another game iterating away from the tired and the 
tired and tired and tired well style tried and tried tried and tired okay it's good that developers are starting to move away from it and I think in the future we will see more of our games develop with a with a single player quality with the excitement of an MMO I just wanted to speak in the in the on the <laughs> so you have to forgive me everybody I am I have a, a disorder but I just wanted to speak to the features issue as it seems the crew is spending a lot of time comparing it to WoW while not taking into account the current evolution that MMOs are taking. Thanks as always for the hard work you put into the show. Alright guys, I know that we can rip this one a new one. Yeah, uh, Joe, oh, if you man, don't mind... Yeah, if you don't mind, Joe, can I uh, take the helm on this one? Be my guest, sir. Thank you. Um, I, I really appreciate where Barnes is uh, is coming from. And um, certainly I emailed them back and uh, I said, you know, basically what, what I'm about to say right now. Um, the reason why we're, we're featuring Elder Scrolls Online in the way that we are, we're covering it in the way that we are, is, is not because we feel like they're doing something that's so groundbreaking that it's just never been done before in, in, the, in the MMO genre. The reason why we're covering it this way is because of their initial uh, mistake saying that this game is WoW-like. And, and later on in, in the email, you know, they say, um, I'm glad this is yet another game iterating away from the tired and tried WoW style, um, which we're, we're glad too. And I'm glad this person said it because obviously we're doing our job by getting it, this idea across that this is not that that former statement that, that they said that this is WoW like is totally untrue. So we're actually doing our job here and, 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 this is proof positive of that um, but the reason why we come off in the way that we do is because we want to hammer that point home because a lot of people are concerned this has been a 20 year long first first person first player game how does that translate to the MMO genre not very well but they are doing it very well and we want people to know that because we were skeptical at first and from doing the research we're now excited and we want to we want to bring that out to our listeners also one thing you want to make keep in mind is that yes a lot of these features we're talking about are not groundbreaking from what you're hearing but do you play the game do you know exactly what these mechanics are doing and have you listened to all the things we talked about in the last few months and put them together as a whole that's where it's different that's where it's taking like the play mechanics that are very similar how you level up in Elder Scrolls. No other MMO's doing that. I don't care about Guild Wars 2. Matter of fact, I don't even like that game. I have I tried it. So. I don't like it. Um, and these uh, things that you mentioned in your email have done but been before long before Guild Wars 2. Uh, right. uh, Joe, just to just to be on the safe side here, I mean, you know, that's obviously your opinion. It doesn't necessarily mean Guild Wars 2 is a bad game. Oh, no, 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 no. 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 But a lot of people really enjoy it. A lot of people really enjoy that game, and, and more power to them. It's just not my cup of tea. Um, but what I'm saying is, is that you got to take into all the factors as a whole that we know of currently for the Elder Scrolls MMO, and take that into account. Not just taking what one video said or and leaving it as its own, and saying, "Well, that's a feature that's already been used." We don't know for sure exactly what that feature is. They have talked a little bit about it, but we're really not going to know how they play out until we get our hands on that game. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah, I, 
I think so. Dave, did you have anything you wanted to add as well? Well, yeah, a few things, in fact. Um, first off, comparing this to WoW, comparing this to Guild Wars, it's not going to play out like that. We've gone over this many times. I just want to say it again just for good measure, but this game is getting away from a lot of those central ideas that are a plague upon MMOs at the moment. That by itself makes this game worth playing, even if you don't care about the backstory. On top of that, what we've talked about today, the backstory, it's all there. It's the the same stories you know and love and have actually lived through playing within the, the different Elder Scrolls titles. This isn't just oh, it's another MMO, it's another sequel to an MMO, oh, it's a prequel to an MMO. It's not. It's a, it's a, 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 might as well be a book. This time, it's a book that you can share with your friends. At least Which, that's, that's... I gotta I say, Dave, like, I'm really excited to hear those words come out of your mouth, because I remember back in May, when we first started covering the, uh, you know, the ESO, you were, like, the first one to say, this is crap, I'm pissed off, I don't yeah. want Take it back. You, I mean, you and now, like you know, months later after covering it, um, as as major updates and news releases have have approached, it it makes me excited to hear hear that that come from you because it it makes me think that at least my thinking is and Joe's thinking is is on par because we were the same way when we when we heard this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, when this first came out, oh man, if it was what it came out to be when they first did their first press release. This would have been a flaming turd ball. It would have been. It would have been horrible. But from what has come out since the day they first gave their first, oh, it's like, wow, press release, to now, oh, man, this is going to be damn good. Yeah, we have very high hopes on this game it's from all the information we've seen and things that we haven't said to you guys yet make it to where this MMO, see, and this MMO didn't live up to standards that we were looking for being Elder Scrolls fans. We would still be Skyrim off the record. <laughs> Put it that way. Um, Ain't that the truth? <laughs> and the, what you're missing on the fact is, is that they are t- really trying to cater to that single player element that you are used to and love to in Elder Scrolls environment, but allowing people to also have it in an MMO environment as well with friends. That there are many, many people, maybe not you, that have dreamed of having their friends join them in Skyrim or Oblivion. And it's just not possible because it's a single-player game. Well, this will give you that same single-player environment or feeling at the same time allowing you to play with your friends, allowing you to play with your guild, your your favorite show, <clears throat> things like that. <laughs> and that's the last I have to say. Any other last comments before we move on to the next email, gentlemen? Just uh, just real quick, please don't forget that they are going to support the the first player version of the Elder Scrolls. Okay, Elder Scrolls Six will eventually be coming out. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Bethesda is hard at work at, at concepting it right now. They already hinted at it in that video we heard today. Yeah, read between the lines. They've already talked about that. What about Lou? Did Lou have anything on this? Well, just want to say, you know, to Barnes. You know, I think all of us here appreciate and can understand your your concerns, um, but don't jump to any conclusions. Again, we're just relaying the information as best we can, and you know, just keep an eye on it because you know what, you may be surprised. As we over the months have been surprised and become more and more excited, I know once you do your own research on your own, 
I, I think Barnes will definitely get a different feel. And you know what? He or she, I don't know, uh, may end up joining and playing that game with the rest of us. All right, the next email I'm going to read really quick is more my flavor. Only one question. Do you guys know if there will be a beta? Shank the tank. Shank! Uh, yeah, there's going to be a beta. I'm pretty sure. There's no official announcement on it, but with MMOs, it's a guaranteed. Yeah, there usually is. I'm going to beta the they, hell out of it. Yeah, they did say there would be a beta. That that was that wasn't that was a long time ago when they did say that. But they did say there there will be a beta. Um, they I think they said sometime uh, in the summer of next year. Yeah, I'm I'm guessing by summer. Yeah. So this whole winter and spring and next year will be all in anticipation. Mm-hmm. Our next email, Ivarwin. Yes, this comes from James, and he says, Hi, guys. First and Hi, foremost, James. Hi, James. I just want to thank you guys for doing all that you do with the show. I'm a new listener, and I'm quickly catching up. I'm currently on episode 32, The Return of Maluka, which, whom, by the way, has an amazing voice, and I would love to buy an album of hers if she ever decides to release one. <laughs> I have a thought on Elder Scrolls Online. What if in the game you're able to witness the Nords of that time being buried in their chambers and tombs. What I mean by this is that the Draugr of Skyrim were Nords of the past, hence the ancient Nord weaponry they all carry. What if an ESO were able to witness the creation of such places as Bleak Falls Barrow, similar to what they're doing with the College of Winterhold? Wouldn't it be interesting to see ancient Nords before they became a zombie-like Draugr of Skyrim? That was just a thought. Keep on podcasting. I'm loving it all the time. Thank you, guys. James. Well, they could, James. However, um, the Draugr are actually in the tombs already. Because remember, the Draug- one, of the, one of the theories in the game with the Draugr is that they serve the Dragon Priests. And the dragons way back when in the Marathic era. So, with oh, they're ESO, there. yeah, they, the Draugr will already have been in place waiting for you to say, What's behind door number one? Let me find out. So, in other <laughs> words, we're going to be fighting Draugr even in ESO. Ugh. I hate them. Sorry. <laughs> but with your buddies to get, to get your back. Good. That means us on Daven first. This time <laughs> oh, we thanks. come with friends. <laughs> Wait a minute, guys. It might be dangerous. Dave, you go first. Yeah. Hey, let's all sit in Dave. I bet he'd love to find a Draugr. If he dies, it's not good. Yeah. Just watch his health bar, guys. Oh, yep, he's dead. All right, let's go to a new tomb. <laughs> no, but I think it'd be cool to, to actually see monuments created. I mean, the more interaction you get between the different parts of Skyrim, the better, right? Yeah. Uh, any other comments? Nine. Nine. All right. Nine. Oh, um, by the way, the whole college, we're whole college thing was just our idea. I don't think there's ever been any kind of official um, statement they're going to put that in the game. <laughs> no, but hint, hint, nudge, nudge, hint. Hint, nudge. 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 Be nice. It'd be nice. <clears throat> just saying. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Next email, Dave. This one comes from Hasteful. It's an awesome name, Hasteful. I have a comment about TES Online, Trinity or not. I would say no to having parties be required to have equal parts DPS, tank, and healer. I think that the MMO could scale monsters to your party's stats. 
By this, I mean that the game would add up all your party's stats, strength, HP, MP, etc. And then it would determine how difficult to make the boss slash mob. Thanks. Love the show. Baseful. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Something we kind of touched on in the past. Well, similar. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Can you imagine? (laughs) The only problem with that, though, is you have someone who is a lot more powerful than the rest of the group. And when it averages out... They better be pulling their weight. It's going to be an issue. Great. Mm -hmm. You just threw the curve, man. Thanks a lot. We all fail a test now. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot, Marwin. I don't know. I could see it averaging, you know? Yeah. I don't know, but that that could make it easy if someone has, like, three newbies with them and he's, like, you know, max level. Uh, yeah. That would make it there very interesting, actually. Uh, that, that's what I was saying before. I, I would love to see it scale based on your level and your, your abilities. Uh, and the more people you have, it starts to average it out. Like when, when back in the day before we even heard the announcement, when we were speculating on what an Elder Scrolls online type of MMO would be, it's kind of one of the ideas we had was making the environment around you scale to your level as is current with Skyrim and the other, the other Elder Scrolls games. Yeah. And based on your equipment as well. So when you get more people in your party, the enemies then scale to that party as a whole. So you were right on the money, Hazeful, and what we feel should be, and hopefully is, a part of the game. Uh, Joe, if we're going to move on to the next email, before we do, I'd like to address the question that's in the chat room. Mm-hmm. That comes from uh, Alex the Breton, and he's he's asking, is ESO going to be on other platforms besides PC? Um, there's a rumor saying that that's a potential, but right now the official word is there haven't been any any other plans for any other consoles other than PC announced for ESO. And to be honest, I don't think they are going to bring this game to uh to to the consoles. Right. So yeah, I, I, it's really hard for an MMO environment to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are very ways, few MMOs, but it's extremely expensive. Um, well, we could hope, right? I think yeah, it'd be awesome always. if they could. You never know. By the time, it's, well, it'd be. PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 will still be in existence at that time, but when they release the next generation consoles, it could be ported to it. That's what I was just going to say. Um, maybe the next gen we can expect, you know, oh, a portable. Because it has a lot to do with processing power, and honestly, for the standard MMO, it's really the processing power required is is a little bit difficult for the Xbox and the PlayStation to handle. Uh, things like DC Universe Online were basically considered minor MMOs. In fact, the processing in them was, was extremely minor compared to most. They so were minor, minor multiplayer online role-playing games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, before I go technical, let's uh, last email, Mystery Varwin. Yes, this comes from Jamie B, who says, Hello, Joe, Varwin, Lou, and Dave. Recently, huh? huh? Recently, when I have come to create a new character on Skyrim, I seem to have a mental block. When trying to make a name, any ideas or inspirations for name making? Thank you, and keep up the great, entertaining podcast you guys put out from Jamie B. Well, me being a writer, when I like, for instance, when I wrote my book, uh, hint, hint, there. Um, I, I use a naming scheme based on their culture and their uh, language. C o n t i n i a. 
Yeah. At Amazon.com. Uh, <laughs> Joe Wilson, author. Continue. Uh, continue. Uh, so what the same thing with the game is I look at other Redgar names I've seen to make my girl, and I've seen other Nord names. And I kind of base it off of that, what sounds good. And the easiest way to do this, honestly, is to pick a, a letter as your base letter and then just take what you've seen in the game and that sounds like a Nord name and name it to that letter. Uh, usually what I like to do is um, I consider all things, uh, gender, male, female, obviously. I consider the the gender, um, and then I consider the type of character I want to create. Is this person going to be a mage or or uh, a melee character? Uh, are they going to wear heavy armor, uh, you know, leather armor? And I kind of think like, all right, um, if they're going to be a mage, they probably were taught, uh, you know, and and are highly educated. So maybe I'll come up with something a bit more elaborate. I have an also, idea, race too. I have an idea, really quick. I'm going <laughs> to pick a letter. Yeah. A race uh-huh. and a gender. And okay. we're going to come up with a name on the spot, each one of okay. us, for that. The first right. letter is N, female, Nord. Natalia. You are one. Uh, not Nareen. Lou. Pass! <laughs> Dave! Nari. N-A-R-I. Son, it's actually the son of Loki, but it would probably better fit a female name. Lou. Niel. See? Not hard. Not hard. One more. You know you know what I do, guys? Mm-hmm. I mm. always name it with my porn name. There you go. You know what, what that is? <laughs> That's your name of your first pet you've ever had as the first name. And the second name is your home street. Yeah. Of where you live. So mine would be Mal Blue Star. <laughs> mine is uh Timber <laughs> I had no comment on that. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, guys. <laughs> Let's get into our five-star review shout-outs. Uh, Lou. All right, our five-star review shout-outs. From down home here in America, Sarah Ann Kelly. And that's it for the week. And our final thoughts. <laughs> oh, man. The more we hear about Elder Scrolls Online, I, I still I, I get... It's going to be hard for me this next year. Because when I get excited about a game, it kills me until I get to get my hands on it to play it. And if I get my hands on it to play it at least once, I'm okay for a few more months. But I have to get my hands on it. I have to see it and play it. And this is going to torture me until the game launches. Steve Irwin. I, uh, I agree with you. I'm right there with you. Um, ESO is, is definitely the next MMO um, on my plate. And I am looking very much forward to it. Um, as, as the months grow on, I'm looking forward to, uh, to grabbing up all that information and disseminating it out to our, our wonderful listeners. And, uh, I, I just, I can't wait. I mean, there's so much information that's coming out. That's so exciting. And, um, it's, it's getting me, uh, it's getting me giddy. I'll tell you that. Oh. And Lou. I just can't believe there are 32 million and two mods on steam. <laughs> <laughs> That's just amazing. I am definitely going to download those two towns from 13 Oranges uh, about the Elder Scrolls places. Yeah. You know, this community, the modern community, has, you know, brilliantly gone insane and just wonders with this game. Um, And especially the Morrowind remake. I am definitely going to download that as well because I love that game as well. 
So I'm done. I got to go. <laughs> got to download stuff. See you. Dave. Um, I was thinking, you know, my grandmother's cat's name Socks, and she lives on a street called Bell Meadow. Socks Bell Meadow would be a good one, right? Okay, I'm kidding. No, actually, I, I'm really, I'm really excited. The more news that comes out for the Elder Scrolls Online, the more I'm toward it coming out. You know, I, I really, I know I was a detractor the second we first got news on it, but I'm actually feeling it now. It actually is. It it it, it sounds and looks amazing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Lou, you want to take us out with our uh, how to reach us? Sure thing. How to reach us? You can reach us at our site, elderscrollsofftherecord.com. Or you can head to our main portal site, which is www.questgamingnetwork.com. Have a whole host of all our podcasts there. <clears throat> Go there. <laughs> we have an email. If you want to send us an email, send your questions, comments, ideas to elderscrollsofftherecord at gmail.com. We also have a whole host of other shows. Jabble Off the Record records on Fridays. Minecraft Off the Record records on Sundays. Swotor Reforged Forged, records on Mondays. All are recorded at livestream.com forward slash the quest show at 7 p.m. Eastern. And Jabble Off the Record at 7 p.m. because, yeah, it's got to be t- different like that. <laughs> if Twitter's your thing. <laughs> Send us a tweet at Elder Scrolls OTR. Joe can be reached at author J.R. Wilson. That's A U T H O R J R Wilson. Evarwin can be reached at Evarwin, E V A R W Y N. Hashtag Evarwin 8 with a Y. <laughs> I can be reached at GamerGuy11B. That's G A M E R G U Y 11B. Dave. Can you reach that? Take it away, Dave. D I E N Force at DN Force. Yeah, yeah, good job, Dave. Host Schools Off Record is a Quest Gaming Network production, and I would just like to say, Fooster all you all next week. This is Timmy Timber Trail signing off. Go Foost yourself. Good night, everyone. Glad you're all here. See you again next week. Night, everybody. Foost Rudin. Episode 40. <laughs> oh my god. Widget Ninevarwin. Louis Dolan. Dave Deanforce Adams. Episode 40. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to do a Doctor Who episode. Hey, Dave, to the TARDIS! Dun, dun, we're going to go to the TARDIS so many times, we're going to be retardist. Take that baseline for a walk, baby. Yeah. It's the hard knock life for us. For us, city free. Oh, my homie's up in cell block six. What? You can hear me sitting back down in my chair as I put my headphones on. Okay, I'm back. Going in three, 
two. Wait, hold on, Joe. <laughs> it's the Elder Scroll five minute break of awesome. Starring Joe the Widget Wilson as Morgan walking ice flinging tank. <laughs> 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 I'm flinging tank of death, and I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I got a, I got a song for you, Liz. There you go. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection? Wouldn't you think I'm the girl? You're gonna make a joke. Everything. <clears throat> Life is so much better. We're down here when it's wetter. Take it from me. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, because all hermit crabs are Jamaican. Who's all down? <laughs> <laughs>